G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. A good story to draw attention to that highlights the good work of Christian ministries to homeless youth. We're all encouraged when young lives are turned right way around with unconditional love. My next guest is Corey Geeskins, who described himself as a frustrated, naughty kid from a dysfunctional family and rough around the edges as a teenager. He wagged school, not just a day here and there, but for weeks on end. When his father could no longer cope, he was kicked out of home at age 12. He eventually ended up moving into Carinity Arana, a house at Bald Hills in the north of Brisbane, supporting homeless youth and those at risk of homelessness. Corey's joining us to tell his story. Corey, welcome along to 2020. Thank you. Yes, that's a pretty good wrap-up of how it was. Corey, let's start with frustrated, naughty kid. <laughs> you were, uh, Tell us what you were like. Um, yeah, look, I, my parents separated when I was little, um, about five. So really, um, was looking for attention um, as, a, as a young kid. And um, the, 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 I realised pretty quickly if I was naughty, I got attention. So a lot of attention-seeking behaviour. Um, and yeah, still frustrated because I wasn't getting the sort of attention I wanted from uh, my parents. So yeah, acted out a lot. So wagging school, being the naughty kid, uh, just no worries about rebelling against what the teachers were saying because this was a way to attract your father's attention. You were lacking that love and attention from your dad. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, um, even, you know, getting a bit of a beating from my father was better than no attention at all. So... Um, frustrated, angry, um, and you know, no amount of teacher direction or um, other adult direction was very much helping at the time. And so getting kicked out of home, even that, I, I imagine, uh, partly an attention-getting exercise, but your dad packed up your bedroom and took you to a police station. Uh, take, a, take up the story from there. Yeah, uh, look, in hindsight, looking back, it certainly was a reality check. And at the time, I um, felt like I was getting plenty of attention, but maybe it had gone too far. Um, I came home from school that afternoon and um, was greeted by my dad, who was never... My dad was a workaholic, um, so was very rarely home in the daylight hours. So um, that he was home was a bit, a bit scary, and he just stuck me in the Commodore that we had at the time and... We went out to the local Petrie police station and um, the juvenile um, aid section there and sat me down at the table with the, the police and um, basically said to the police if they didn't take me uh, off his hands, he was going to drive to the tank was half full and that's where he was going to leave me and I'd have to fend for myself. So yeah, it was um, a very scary time actually um, as a young person. And I imagine here you must reflect back on 
the police decision to try and intervene here and find somewhere for you to stay. And what they came up with was a Christian homeless refuge for young people like you. I know how amazing is it, seriously. Um, I still even now know that there's, you know, as an adult um, who's now involved in working with teenagers all of the time as a teacher, um, how hard it is to find places like that. So God's hand, I've got no doubt in my mind, on it at the time so the fact that they had a place on the books that was so local um, in our area um, that was actually there to help uh, homeless teenagers was uh, nothing short of a miracle in my books and Karenity uh, Orana it was known as Orana House in those days uh, and they're celebrating 40 years of working with young people and supporting homeless youth uh, you were there for about a year, and in that year, stuff was happening in your life. Take us into the things that were bringing about change for you, Corey. Yeah, um, probably the first thing I noticed when I went to Arana was the care. People cared. You could you could feel it. Um, and as a you know, I, I guess for the right description of it, I had a spirit of rejection over me. Um, a rejection from my parents and um, I don't know, whatever whatever they were doing at the time and I didn't know what it was, I just felt welcomed um, and loved. Um, so I think God started to break that down from day one that I, I walked in the door. Um, I now know that a lot of people were praying all of the time. People would come in and volunteer just to pray over the facilities um, and yeah, so I, I just, it started to break me down and it was consistent. People were always there, always able to help me and be there. Interestingly enough, I don't think I wagged another day, um, the whole time I was at Arana, um, and I could continue to go to the same school. So, um, whilst my behavior didn't necessarily turn around straight away and, um, my angry, uh, outlook on life was not an immediate turnaround, I, I I imagine for people there, they would have seen a, a gradual change. But as I look back on it, to me, there was definitely change happening from the day I walked in the door. You describe your time at Arana uh, as being a bit scary at the start because some of the other kids that were there were a lot more hardened and older than you. But there was a contrast you noticed that the youth workers in the house who were clearly coming from a Christian faith base, they they were able to relate to you on a whole different level. Yeah, there's a few different things in, in that statement. And um, I was definitely the youngest. Um, some of the, those other people, it was their last chance at not going into juvenile detention centres. Um, and some of them had been in juvenile detention centres and were into, you know, a number of much harder um, activities that were getting themselves in trouble with the police on a regular basis. So that was very confronting for me. I, my, um, I'm very limited of that type of exposure as a young person. So um, that was pretty full on. But I, I do know that, um, you know, they had a counsellor on site, but they also had a family that lived on site back in those days. Um, and they were there from... Um, I think from Wednesday through to Sunday and had two days off. And um, that consistency of them being there and, to be honest, modelling parenting with their small child um, was very 
uh, instrumental for me to see what a family looked like, uh, a normal family. Mm. You felt loved there. And one of the things that they encouraged you to do, and I don't know whether it was a, a regulation or not, but they connected you with a local church and you began to go along to the Launton Baptist Church. How, how was that experience? That was uh, probably uh, a little bit different to what you were used to. Yeah, absolutely. My parents were agnostic. Um, and back in those days, the the local Launton Baptist Church, which is now Rivers Baptist Church, um, actually were pretty much, you know, ma- um, a major part in the operation and running of the house. I think they were part of the group that started it. And um, so, yeah, there was volunteers and people very actively involved in the house from the church. A lot of the volunteers who came during the day and prayed uh, or volunteered at night um, to help out were from that church. And it was, we we had no choice. We had to go to church (laughs) on a Sunday night. And I think it must have been quite hard for whoever was preaching on a Sunday night um, when we turned up because we weren't, exactly very interested let's put it that way um and it wouldn't be unusual for us to actually after talking to each other and disrupting the service for half of it to then climb out the window and disappear for the rest of the night for a while (laughs) we we, yeah it would have been a hard um harder audience i imagine back in those days as uncomfortable as it would have been for everyone concerned because i can (laughs) see that everyone would have been uncomfortable with it but yeah. Something was happening in you, faith-wise, even though that yeah. discomfort was there in church. How did you get introduced to a relationship with Jesus? Yeah, look, um, probably one of the biggest things in that regard was, uh, for me, is you know the, the scriptures talk about um, just the beauty of creation screams out God's love. Um, that's actually something that was very real for me. So um, the the parents that were there, uh, Linda and Filippo were their names, and um, they had a beautiful block of land out towards Ipswich um, on the side of a mountain, and we would very regularly go over there, and um, they would park the van, the, the Urana van at the front, and just say, right, off you go, we'll see you tomorrow. And um, I remember just tear, tearing up the hill and lying out under the stars and having a fire and, that alone time um, and being with God's creation really spoke to me. So that was a very big part of it, feeling that there was had to be something more to life than all of the pain and frustration and anger that I'd been feeling. And so I started to have, I guess at that time, conversations with God about, are you real? Um, you know, because people were sharing the full message with me regularly. Um, and then it was post Arana. So once I had moved out, I moved out from Arana and stayed with a couple of um, people. And um, uh, Colin actually was the guy who had a house who was part of Rivers Baptist Church at the time. And um, he let us stay, or let me stay in his house. And um, so I would regularly attend church at that point in time. Um, wasn't against it, wasn't necessarily for it, but I still remember very vividly a Sunday night where um, there was an altar call who wanted to give their life to Christ and um, Arana House, all the kids were there that night as well and um, a lot of my friends and I just got up and went forward and um, yeah, 
never looked back. Really, you um, broke with the pack. overnight, and yeah, I did. You know, everything was a, a very instant change in my life. To be honest, yeah. Well, over the forty years of Arana House, uh, now Carinity Arana, something like six thousand young people have stayed at the house, and no doubt, not every story is the same as yours. But yours is one certainly to celebrate. The twist in the end of this story comes, Corey, in that the school that you used to wag uh, for weeks on end, uh, no doubt you were a troublesome, disengaged student at the school, but you've gone on to become a school teacher in the very same school that you were such a problem in. Give us a little insight here. Yeah, isn't life uh, ironic, hey? Um, no, I love, I love how God can... Um, do something like that, to be honest. Um, whilst I was a troubled teen um, at the school, not only was God speaking to me, but um, I think, you know, teachers, by very nature of what they do, whether they're a Christian or not, um, the role of a teacher is very um, giving. And um, a lot of teachers made a very large impact on me who worked really, really hard to engage me and try to um, put me in the right direction. So um, I always always knew I wanted to be a teacher as a young person um, and do that. So once I became a Christian, it was pretty much a very strong uh, desire for me to do that. So um, um, whilst I'm, I went and got a trade and, and worked for a number of years because I needed to, I had no money uh, to get to university, um, I went back and studied as a mature age student. So yeah, um, going back to Pine Rivers as a teacher was amazing. Um, there were teachers there that had made that difference and funnily enough, a lot of them, more than more than half of the ones that I could remember and knew that made a big difference in my life were actually Christian teachers. I didn't know it at the time and so had made a really large impact on my life and cared for me without sharing any message at all. Uh, just sowing the seed, so to speak. So it was really good to go back as a teacher and say, because um, you know, most teachers thought that I was going to prison um, and to share with them the impact that they made on my life. It was actually a real blessing for me and for them uh, to be able to do that. Corey, yours is a story of a transformed life and uh, so wonderful for you to be able to share that with us today. Corey Geeskins, who described himself as that frustrating naughty kid and eventually making a decision to follow Christ in an altar call in a Baptist church when he was staying at the Carinity Arana. It's a house at Bald Hills in North Brisbane and there is a connecting website for listeners to connect with Carinity and you might want to send your congratulations 40 years of operating with something like 6,000 young people have gone through there carinity.org.au you'll find a link for Carinity Orana. Corey thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts your story with us today on 2020. My absolute pleasure and what a legacy um, Arana has already left. I'm sure they will continue for many years to come, but absolute pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.